series, Dancing with Jesus. I've titled this message, The Mixtape, because there are a couple of dances that we're going to be combining and talking about today. Uh, this morning, I'm going to introduce you to the Judas Hustle and the Pilot Shuffle. Now, these dances may sound simple enough if you're familiar with the stories of Christ's betrayal and his trials that led up to his crucifixion. But like Peyton said at the beginning of this series, these are familiar stories with foundational truths that we want to remind you of. And so before we actually get to Judas Shuffle, or Judas, um, the Judas Hustle and Pilate Shuffle, I, I feel like we need to set the scene of kind of what's happening before this dance even begins. And so this morning, we're going to start out in John chapter 12, verses 1 through 6. And so I'm going to read that to you. Here we go. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. You see, in the middle of John writing about this beautiful scene that is six days from Passover, this, this time where Jesus is with his friends and his disciples, and Mary comes in and anoints Jesus' feet, and essentially washes his feet with her hair and with this perfume, this expensive perfume. Uh, by the way, six days before Passover, that's the same Passover where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And John is writing about this event, and he calls out Judas twice in, in this writing. Uh, the first time is in verse 4. He says, but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, and he puts, it says, he who was about to betray him. He's letting us know this is this Judas where his heart is. And Judas said, why was the ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? And then he calls out Judas a second time when he says this in verse 6. He says, he said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Now, John is drawing our attention to the first steps of the Judas hustle, in case you weren't really following along there. You see, Judas didn't wake up one day. Uh, he didn't wake up one morning and say to himself, this is a good day to betray the Messiah. It, it was a slow fade. It, it takes time to get to that place. It started long before the actual evening that he betrayed Jesus. It started to settle into Judas's heart, probably with something like this, where he justified his actions. He justified the helping himself to the money in the money bag, probably saying things like, I deserve this. I work harder than the others. They never have to pay for anything. It's always Judas this and Judas that. I gave up so much to follow and serve. Hey, no one's going to miss a little bit off the top. Hey, keep in mind, Judas may have been dancing with Jesus, but he was adding a few of his own steps into the dance along the way. And so we go from the home of Lazarus where... We're having this dinner where Mary anoints and washes Jesus' feet with his perfume, where we get a glimpse into the heart of Judas Iscariot. And we go from there 
to a dark alley or maybe a darkened part of the forest. Actually, I don't know the location, but that's in my mind's eye. That's what I see and what I think about when I read this next part of the story. Uh, This is the part where Judas agrees to betray Jesus. Look at Luke chapter 22, verses 1 through 6. Now the feast of unleavened, unleavened bread drew near, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to put him to death, talking about Jesus, for they feared the people. Then Satan entered into Judas called Iscariot, who was of the number of the twelve. He went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he consented and sought an opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of a crowd. Do you see this? I say it's a a dark alley or a forest. It, It may not. It may have just been a room. But Judas is getting all the dance steps wrong. Now, before we get too heavy-handed on Judas, we need to consider the funny thing about sin. And not so ha-ha funny, but the ironic funny. You see, oddly enough with sin, we don't always recognize it when we're doing it, even when it's blatant. Uh, We don't always recognize it. We don't see the warning signs sometimes because we, we cover them up with justification. For Judas, maybe it was helping himself to the money, regardless of the what or the why. We all do it. We know what's right. We know what's wrong. But we still choose to do what's wrong sometimes. We allow our blind spots to lead us instead of our Jesus. And maybe Judas is thinking, hey, if they give me this money, I can replace some of what I've helped myself to from the money bag. They're just going to arrest him. They're just going to harass him like they've done before. He'll be fine. He's Jesus. And so for whatever reason... Judas agrees for 30 pieces of silver to show them where Jesus will be privately, where he will be away from the crowd. And Luke chapter 22, verses 47 and 48 tells us about the final steps of the Judas hustle, the betrayal and arrest of Jesus. It goes like this. While he was still speaking, there came a crowd. And the man called Judas, one of the 12, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And when they rose, excuse me, and when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with a sword? Now hold that thought. Keep that image in your mind of Judas approaching Jesus. That's also where Jesus calls him friend. We're going to fast forward a little bit. Jesus has been arrested. The twelve scatter. Peter, uh, over the course of that evening, will deny Jesus three times. Uh, Satan is starting his own dance party because things are looking bad for the Son of Man. And, And we're going to find in Matthew chapter 27, verses 1 through 19, when morning came, all the chief priests, the elders of the people, took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And they bound him, and they led him away and delivered him over to Pilate, the governor. Then, when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, what is that to us? See to it yourself. He realized what he had done. He threw down the pieces of silver into the temple 
and, and departed, and he went and hanged himself. But the chief priest, taking the pieces of silver, said it's not lawful to put them into the treasury since it's blood money. So they took counsel, and they bought with them the potter's field as a burial place for strangers. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Verse 9 says, Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price on him of him on whom a price had been set by some of the sons of Israel, and they gave them for the potter's field as the Lord directed me. And Judas's dance came to an end. Here's my question. How does someone who knows Jesus on an intimate level, someone who lived with the Son of God, someone who traveled with Him, walked with Him day and night, ate with Him, slept out under the stars with Him, laughed with Him, cried with Him, watched Him change the very lives and countenance of the people that He came into contact with, whether that was through teaching or healing or rebuking. How do you go from three years of living with the Messiah to being the one that delivers him into the hands of the enemy? I'll answer that question in a second. But we have to finish the dance first. Hey, here comes the rest of the dance. I give you the pilot shuffle. Matthew 27, verse 11. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You have said so. But when he was accused by the chief priest and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer, not even a single char- not even to a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. The crowd then chooses Barnabas. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Pilate knows Jesus is innocent. And verse 19 says, Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with the right, that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Pilate, after just a brief meeting with Jesus and knowing the religious leaders that he was dealing with, and at the urging of his wife, he, he just kind of shuffled to the side. That's why I call it the pilot shuffle, because he, he knew Jesus was innocent. He, he tried to play the political game. He said, hey, you pick. It's custom. I free a prisoner on this day. Who would you like to be set free? Jesus, the innocent man, or Barabbas, whom you know to be a guilty man? And the crowd shouted, give us Barabbas. And Pilate shuffles to the side and washes his hands, literally, literally and figuratively. And he shuffles off to the side of the dance floor. How often do we do the same thing that Pilate did? Again, knowing what is right and doing it are sometimes completely different things for us. But it shouldn't be like that. In this dance we called life, it it can often be like a mixtape. Good days and bad days, happy songs and sad songs are the background music for us as we dance with Jesus. But what kind of dance are you doing? Are you doing the Judas hustle? Are you looking out for your own interests, for your own good, for what's best for you? Are you claiming to know the Son of God? Are you claiming friendship with the Messiah only to betray Him when it's convenient? Maybe you've been doing the pilot shuffle. 
you get a glimpse of Jesus, you get a glimpse of, of his compassion, his wisdom, his love, his understanding of you and the world that you're dancing in. And you get close to dancing with Jesus only to shuffle off to the side at the last note as the dance ends. Here we see two different men, Judas and Pilate, both dancing with Jesus, if you will, both thinking that they were leading the dance, both thinking that they had a sure foundation, that they had the angel, the angles covered, the lines sharp, the stance exactly how it needed to be, staying in time with the music, both men making a horrible error. Watch this dance video one more time and think about the Judas hustle. Think about the pilot shuffle. Actually, think about your own dance with Jesus as this video plays. Now, what you don't hear in this video, and, and it's by design, is the commentary. We pulled the commentary out. This is a high-level dance competition, and so there are announcers and, and people doing commentary during the whole dance. And, and I want to share with you what's being said by the announcer during this particular dance. As the couple stumbles and the gentleman falls, here's what the announcer says. He says, good grief, the German couple have fallen. As I pointed out earlier in the semifinals, several couples look to be having problems with their balance. I wasn't quite sure if that was a technical problem or whether it was because of the floor. Given the technical levels of the couples in the final round, we should more than likely assume that there is a problem with the floor. He said, we should assume that there is a problem with the floor. Folks, these dancers in this competition are the best of the best. And several couples stumbled and slipped their ways through their final dances. One couple, uh, one guy even like really messed up his leg. They had to carry him out on a stretcher from a dance competition. It looked like a bad football field at the end of it. There was just several people being, being worked on. But it was actually proven after that competition that the floor had actually been over-polished in a couple of areas. And why would I keep bringing this video up in a series called Dancing with Jesus and, and, and this picture of this dance team failing and falling? Well, because at the end of the day, it may seem like you have it all together. The makeup, the costumes, the lines, everything lined up, everything well rehearsed. You can even know all the right dance moves. We went over some of those dance moves with you in the beginning of the series that Peyton shared with you. You can know all the steps, shoulders back, elbows locked, lines set. You can know all the right moves. You can have all the words memorized. You can go through all the right actions. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to your foundation. Folks, everybody is dancing with Jesus. But to what tune? What steps? Who's leading? And most importantly, what foundation are you dancing on? You could be the best dancer out there, but if you're dancing on an overpolished dance floor, I was sharing this with someone this week, and they said, an overpolished dance floor? Well, that's Satan slick. I said, I'm going to steal that from you. You're going to fall. When you're dancing on the overpolished dance floor, it doesn't matter how good you are, how technical of a dancer you are, how well you know your moves. When you're on an overpolished dance floor, it's Satan slick, ladies and gentlemen, and you're going to fall. Judas lived with Jesus for three years. He knew Jesus better than many people did. He had a relationship with the Son of God. But at the end of the day, he was just going through well, a well-rehearsed dance. He was just taking steps, covering his tracks, doing the dance, 
but his foundation was a Satan slick dance floor. Pilate was living the dream. Well, except for the location. Uh, he hated where he physically lived. But he was one of the most powerful men of his time. He had servants, a fancy house. He had armies at his command. He literally had people at his beck and call. But he made the mistake of dancing on the wrong floor. Satan slick, ladies and gentlemen. He thought that because he washed his hands of the whole dance, he offered up what he thought was an alternative step or two, that he would be just fine. But the religious, the religious leaders told him, hey, Jesus claimed to be king, and if you let that slide, you're no friend of Caesar's. When the dance was over, when we dance on the polished floor of life, the one that's been polished with our good intentions or our own desires or our own mistakes that we try to cover up by ourselves, when it's all said and done, when the music fades and the dance of life is over, will you be standing on the sure foundation of Christ's dance floor? Or will you find yourself flat on your back on the Satan slick dance floor of doom? I guess what I'm asking you to decide today is this. Is Christ enough? Is Christ enough? He wasn't enough for Judas. He wasn't enough for Pilate. Pilate thought he was enough for Jesus. Is he enough for you as we come to our response time this morning as you look at your life as you look at your dance with jesus do you trust him will you follow his lead is he enough i don't know about you but for me christ is my reward and all of my devotion there's nothing in this world that could ever satisfy through every trial my soul will sing no turning back we've been set free We've been set free in this dance of life because Christ is enough for us. He's everything I need. As we sing our response song this morning, if he is enough for you, will you respond by typing that out in the comments? If you want to write more, that's fine. If you have a prayer request to share, please do. But think about who you're dancing with, who you've been dancing with. Think about the foundation that you're dancing on as we sing our response song this morning and respond to God accordingly.
It's been great to be here with you all this morning and being on a live stream with you all. And I look forward to seeing you next week at our fellowship picnic on the grounds. Also, I'm excited. Next Sunday, I'm going to do a little mini three-week series about the heart of God. I'm really excited to share that with you. Um, we've got a few things to challenge you with in that little series there as we prepare uh, to finish out the month of August. But now, it's time for us to go to win and commit to grow. As you go this week, dancing through life, I hope that you will think about the things we've talked about in this series. The water walk, the cheek turn, the temple slam, the Judas hustle, and the pilot shuffle. As you think about these stories, think about your own dance with Jesus. Think about the foundation that you're dancing on. Are you dancing on the sure foundation of Jesus, or are you dancing on the worldly dance floor that is Satan slick? Uh, like Judas, you cannot dance on that floor for a short time. Or excuse me, you can only dance on that floor for a short time until all is revealed. At the end of the day, we have to answer the question, when we're dancing with Jesus, is Christ enough? If he is, hang on and follow his lead. If he isn't, maybe it's time to learn a new dance so that we can be a good reflection of our dance partner, Jesus. Will you sing this last song with us?